Hi, my name is Amy Honorado, and you're listening to another one of our DMN 101 podcasts. I'm joined today by Lillian Leong. She's the COO of 9Gag. If you're not familiar with 9Gag, it is a user-generated social media platform. Full disclosure, I have been a fan of 9Gag for a very long time, so I'm happy to have you uh, here today with us, Lillian. And I guess just to really get started, in your own words, for, the, for our audience who may not be familiar with the platform, how does 9Gag work, what does it do, and, and what kind of users do you really experience um, on a day-to-day? 9Gag is a cross-platform digital and social media um, platform, I would say, targeting um, 150 million audience globally. So take us as a um, crowdsourcing version of BuzzFeed, whereby we make videos viral, uh, aligning with different creators around the world. Um, so this is what, what we all do. And what I've noticed, at least just from, uh, from using it and, and kind of being a part of it, it's not just the content that comes from it, but it's also you've really built a, a culture on Nine Gag. You know, we were we were talking earlier about these little inside jokes and, and things that have kind of spawned from that. Uh, you know, putting a potato at the end of a post, of a very long post, or these little kind of nuances that you only really pick up if you're a regular user of, of the app. So it's an interesting kind of dynamic that the users itself kind of create this this space and this culture as well. Right. Um, So I I guess it has some um, insights um, from the user base of our platform. Because I mentioned we have 150 million users that spans across our website, our app, our social media channels like Facebook, Instagram, um, and Twitter. So we are now the sixth largest brand on Instagram as a brand page. We have 45 million followers on Instagram and another 40 million followers on Facebook. So each of the platform have their own characteristics. But what's the commonality is that um, our core user base are very young, like yourself, like 91% of our users age 18 to 34, and 70% age 18 to 24. So if you look at particularly the youngest segment, and they are not like me, you know, I'm Gen X, that they are born in under the era of internet. They might, you know, spend lots of time browsing on internet, but to them, you know, the difference across boundaries, countries, races, um, you know, are not as distinctive as how we perceive the world. So arguably the world is smaller. And um, so there is like, for us as a platform that connects them together, we see a very strong bonding across them, even though they're coming from different countries. So this is how we see um, the characteristics, and that's why we also see that there is a sense of community uh, for either of the platform across our users. People will discuss about their point of views or interests on any of the subject matter. So potato is one of the expressions that we often use on the site. But you know, if we take into the wordings or the, the language that they use on social media, they use more emoticons on, let's say, on Instagram because that's also another form of common language uh, used by them. So that's, a, that's an interesting point that you bring up, kind of speaking to this younger demographic, a more digital-friendly demographic. And, and Nine Gags offering spans, you know, you have an app, you have the social media presence. What have you you've done as a, as a company, as a brand, to kind of make that experience easier or more engaging you know, for, for your users? Well, um, there is a com- common thread across all the 
content that we share um, that because um, we want to position ourselves as an entertainment platform so from the rules you know um, adopted by any of our editors in-house we have to find content that is funny and that also uh, you know will have resonance with um, the rest of the audience so so even though because we're talking about people users from different countries so that means we have to find something that will transcend across cultures so funny videos or humor is one of the language that we find really common across all the differences of languages and also races and I, I guess you know with with UGC it's a lot of people you know you create your own account you can upload your own photos your own videos your own memes and kind of giving everyone a chance to submit their own content yep. there's always that there's the rewards of that because you could have this wealth of, of original, unique content from your users, but there's also that other side where you know sometimes you're, you can deal with things that may not be up to, up to par or right. may be controversial. How do you deal with finding that balance? We don't need to find a balance. If you look at how our website or, um, or, or the mobile app works, actually it's kind of like a republic where all the content, in the order of the content that shows on the feed is governed by the voting of the users. So for arguably for less funny content, then the users will vote them out. So we don't need to do it. So um, I guess it's the, it's the power of the people that collaborates to make what they want the rest of the world to see. Yeah, so it's, an, it's just to be clear for our, for our listeners, when somebody up, uh, uploads a photo, it's put onto the kind of user experience and people have the opportunity to upvote or downvote content. Yes. And the most popular content will make it to, and this is kind of where I'm going, the trending pages or the hot pages where people can access, you know, this is the stuff that's really, really popular right now. Yes. And I want to talk a little bit about how that has evolved for, for you guys. Putting the hot, putting the trending, adding hashtags, those kind of experiences that you're giving your users now. Um, well, on a, first of all, on a daily basis, we see over 40,000 submissions, um, uploads simply on the website and the mobile apps alone. Um, so we need to, um, so we, we see more and more content from the users and at the same time you can imagine um, the number of submissions to us by email or inbox on Instagram and Facebook is exploding so we don't really have um, have we it takes us lots of resources to filter them out so but either way so we see more of those contents so um, we wanted to have a easier interface for users to see the content let's say on our social media uh, let's say on our mobile app and also website so we um, lately we do the tags so then the users can really simply focus on the content that derived or related to the text. So that's more uh, I would say a logical enhancement um, from the user experience level. Absolutely, and, and NICAC has been around for, for quite some time now. I want to say it's close to a decade. Yeah, um, the, the project was founded by founders um, just as a side project to kill the time to solve their own problem. Back then, they have an issue of like finding a destination for them to um, upload and even share funny content uh, with their friends. So, but they couldn't find any, so they decided to, to set, it, set this up um, and uh, without knowing that eventually solves the problem of a wider world. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I've seen it. I've been a user, as I, as I mentioned before, I've been using 9GAG for, for quite some time. And I've, I've seen, you know, the experience kind of evolve as well. You know, now video, which is something I think kind of trending everywhere, is starting to yes. play a larger role. So tell me about how video works and, and why you guys decided to move in that direction as well. Well, first of all, we see data that more people are on the go. And that's, to be very honest, when people like consume social media or entertainment portals, most of the time they're on their own. Let's say, um, in the uh, in the you know in toilet or on the go, <laughs> that um, no one, especially the younger audience, is consuming content in front of television, right? So, but then because they're also on the go, so if usually you know previously if it's just on a picture post or any of the wordings that makes them hard to consume when they're on the go so logically when uh, when there are more smartphones so we see um, videos prevail so that just becomes the norm of how people share and consume content when they're on their own you know on their mobile mobile device or on iPads or so so um, yeah so this is how it works but we also see a trend that's the the video, um, you know, there are several criterias for a video to get viral. First of all, um, it has to be shorter. It's getting shorter and shorter because um, the attention span of human now reduced officially to eight seconds. That's even shorter than a goldfish. So um, it is predominant that for any of the creators to really um, be able to pull up all the useful you know, highlights of the uh, of, of the content in a video within like five seconds to grab people's attention. Otherwise, people won't have be patient enough to sit there and watch like a video of thirty minutes. So that's not possible. So we see short, more you know, shorter and shorter content. Uh, we call it bite-sized content um, on social media or even um, on our website. So I guess the difference. Um, irrespective of how much time the person is designated to one platform, um, the, the appetite for consuming one video is getting shorter and shorter. Absolutely. So that's something to think about even, you know, if you're coming at it from a marketing perspective, being able to create these things that are quick and easy and digestible. And, you know, it's if you're thinking about how much content, especially on 9gag, is, is uploaded, you're saying, you know, you get 40,000 submissions a day as a user you know the a lot of the time the experience is browsing so yeah. it's very it's can be passive engagement to a certain extent but at the same time if it's something that's so short and so digestible even as a as you're flipping through your your experience you can still get the full experience in six seconds which is yeah. very interesting that that's where things yeah. are moving and other thing that we see is more getting more common as even for some amateur creators they are very good at using super titles because you know most of the time when people consume content on mobile they might not turn the voice on right may not turn the sound system on so you have to be able to tell the story simply with moving pictures but in a mute format so we see more and better subtitles appearing in the content yeah i was going to ask about that too so if it's if it is very punchy sort of headlines or, or telling that narrative using video and text you know if you're reaching a global audience what do creators have to think about when wanting to to translate it that way and, and maximizing their reach and making sure that the, and most of your audience even if it's from a million different countries can understand it and appreciate it 
Well, I guess, you know, one rule that I've learned over my past marketing career is, um, I think applies to how videos is made today. Um, so we have a rule when we um, do a presentation. So first step is we tell people what we're going to tell them. Second step is we tell them. And the third step is we told them what we've told them. So, um, so it is in very important when you open up a video, you have to tell people what you're going to tell them. So to make a strong registration, otherwise people will just move on and browse and move um, towards the second video. So yeah, sorry, but then I, I guess the whole world is running out of patience to hear, to stumble upon what you're going to say. Yeah, it needs to be, I guess it, it becomes then thinking about it from a content strategy standpoint, how are you the shortest amount of time to make the most impact yeah. possible? Yeah. Just kind of a, a kind of shifting away from that kind of longer form yeah. of the past. It's like an elevator pitch. You'll find an, it's the whole, any popular videos that are like elevator pitch in their own way. Exactly. And I guess, you know, as... Another kind of aspect of that, and, and where we see marketers really looking uh, for benefits on social media, you know, are those kind of brand partnerships and those influencer opportunities. You know, you have these really great mm. creators who may have amassed a, a large following of people just because the stuff that they do is is interesting and it's engaging, and they consistently do it. And you know, from a marketing standpoint, how do you approach this and enter that if you want to increase your uh, engagement on these platforms and reach the millennials, I guess. On yeah, on if the guy. core target is the millennials, first of all, I would say, I mean, it also depends on what industry you are in, what types of product you want to promote. But um, in general, um, from what we have seen so far, for any brands that is um, who can adopt a more casual tone and really talk to millennials like their friends, um, so that will work. And the tone and manner, um, funny. Um, entertaining, I would say is crucial for any of the viral videos to fly. Unless you're, you know, putting up a very big production budget, like doing those like very big production videos during the World Cup season, like done by as if done by um, Nike or Adidas, then you know you you can grab that attention. But for the rest, most of the time, if you can imagine um, the younger audience are consuming your video on the go, then you have to do something different to really uh, to engage them. And I guess from from your standpoint as Nine Gag as a brand, you know a lot of what you do relies on having an engaged audience and having people contribute. So how do you approach you know keeping people engaged and keeping people posting and keeping those submissions coming in? Mm, yeah, that's a very good question because irrespective of all different nature of the content, you know what the content is, um, we have to make sure the content. Are entertaining that we like um, so from the company's uh, point of view even though we are now uh, uh, the product is 10 years old we cannot lose our own accents we have every piece of content that we're going to share has to be funny has to be like entertaining that we like and we personally would love to share with our friends so otherwise we just um, it would just be a sellout or we we, we can't be lazy um, we have to stand by the core of what we believe. Yeah, it's kind of keeping that brand authenticity yes. even as you grow as, as a company. Yes. And other thing that I think um, that is also very important to us is 
as much as even though we have 150 million followers and we don't not like other media companies or publishers we are very cautious on making every single new hire because it's always fancy for us to say okay let's put three million US and you know build a 50 um, uh, people team right away <clears throat> but then it's also seen by us as very dangerous because if we expand so quickly or we overhire so quickly then we will also lose our accents you know internal communications will break down and then like we won't be able to make sure every one of the new member will be following our rules and also following our our our, our editorial guideline I would say so so we are very cautious on how we expand yeah, and kind of going along those expansions, you know, what are what are some of the things that you're the most excited about for for Nine Gag, and I guess for the the future of, of social media and, and and marketing just in general? What are what are the things that you're really excited about moving forward? Um, I think moving forward, how we work with creators is very exciting. Yeah, so let me explain for a little bit because I, uh, you know, I've just been focusing on our content and our target audience um, but since late last year um, we have created a new competition um, called fun off competition whereby we officially put up a grand prize of hundred thousand USD um, for um, to, um, to reward the best performing fun videos um, from the submissions um, the reason why we do this, we did this, was that on a daily basis, I told you how many submissions that we see day by day. And then we thought, why don't we do it officially and really make it, create create a stage for everyday man, everyday creator um, to submit and really make their fortune. So that was the sole reason when we did that. But we didn't know or we didn't expect that throughout this process, um, we received so many submissions and we, you know, that competition lasted, see, Fun Off Season 1 lasted for for five months and out of that we received um, 19,000 submissions. Wow. And, um, yeah, the most funny thing of all is that, you know, we, we don't, of course we didn't sh reshare everyone our video, but we picked some, like I, I think around 200 across our social media and our own platform, we achieved 740 million views, 44 million engagements as a total. And behind the numbers, we know it's not only the power of, you know, um, of our distribution, but it's also the quality of the creators that we attracted. So through that exercise, we have built, we've started to build our 9GAG creators database that now we have around 200 very good creators from all over the world, not necessarily from US. Um, we see also see the trends that good entertainment also come from different parts of the world. We've seen very good, very entertaining videos from Vietnam, Singapore, UK. Um, yeah, so that's all very exciting. So we also treasure these relationship with our creators. Um, yeah, we are also um, giving jobs to them if, you know, on sponsorship deals with our clients. So that is a very healthy ecosystem and uh, we like it and it's getting so good right now that we are doing the fun of season two and we are also um, now evolving ourselves um, 
outside of fun that we are also setting up different verticals to even connect with creators of you know of their own specialty like one of the page that we have just set up last year December um, we set up a page related to travel um, that's called a uh, voyage v o j v o y a g e d so that page um, since December we now have around 700,000 fans all organic and the, mo the, the best thing of that page is that we are able to attract creators, travelers uh, who, um, who, who has a habit of carrying their cameras and videos and tour around the world and we give them a platform for them to gain followers and also to exhibit their work. So that part I think is the most exciting and uh, we find it very dear to our hearts. Oh, that's incredibly interesting that it kind of gives, uh, going back to the to the competition aspect, that kind of gamification to drive interest. If people are, hey, you know, there's incentive out there for me to do this. And, and I guess going along the quality, like you're not going to, thinking about it from that value, if you know you're a great creator and you know you want to put yourself to the test, it gives all that much more reason for you to, to get in and, and to be involved and to go for it. So, and you said that there is going to be kind of a season two of this. Yeah. When can people expect that? Um, we will wrap up season two by June this year. Oh, fantastic. So then we'll be giving an other grand prize of $100,000. So far, we don't know who will be the winner because it's still on and we are still receiving submissions. Very nice. Well, I look forward to to seeing how that kind of uh, pans out. You know, it's... it's <clears throat> June is just starting, so there's you know something to, to look forward to. And we're just at we're just about at time. So you know, Lillian, thank you so much for uh, for coming to visit and talking a little bit about Nine Gag today. Uh, thank you for everyone listening here at home. Uh, this has been another DMN One on One podcast. We'll see you next week. <laughs>